our youngest son could be a bit of an Eeyore when he was growing up. I often found myself trying to convince him that he would like things. Foods, experiences, books, trips. And the best example of his glass is half empty worldview was at the end of sixth grade. He came home with a permission slip for a field trip to Hershey Park on the last day of school. The entire sixth grade was going. Now, Owen loved Hershey Park. And for those of you who are not familiar, we lived near there in Pennsylvania, roller coasters, all the things. And you can imagine being Hershey branded, you got to ride things based on your height. Were you as tall as a Twizzler? Were you as tall as a Hershey bar? Or just a kiss? Loved it. And he is still a lover of roller coasters. So what could be better than going with all of his friends to his favorite place on the last day of sixth grade? Still, he seems skeptical. And not nearly as enthused as seemed warranted. So of course I probed. And he finally said, it'll probably rain. <laughs> and if it rains, the best roller coasters won't run. No Great Bear, no Storm Runner, no Lightning Racer. I simply couldn't believe it. I mean, head exploded. And of course, I tried to convince him the day would be great, and he would like it. You see, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool, the glass is more than half full gal. So fast forward to the last day of sixth grade. Lunch is packed, he's ready to go, they're on the bus, they're on their way. 10 a.m. comes, it starts raining. No great bear, no storm runner, no lightning racer. So the running joke in our family is that when I get excited about something or plan an event, Owen invariably asks, oh, will I like it? And apparently it's true. Over the past 24 years, I have spent countless hours evangelizing and trying to convince him that he will like things. I'm afraid that might be just one of my many flaws, idiosyncrasies, trying too hard to convince people they will like something. It is at the very least a growing edge for me. Just ask some of our staff members about going to the stock show parade with me the other week. I could not stop talking about the rodeo queens and their bedazzled chaps and their tiara-accented cowboy hats and their fur coats and don't even get me started on the hair. I have actually no idea if that delights anyone as much as it delights me, but I sold it hard. You'll like it. 
you can imagine that I might be feeling particularly called out by my sometimes overzealous selling of things by this morning's gospel. I might just have a little John the Baptist in me. As we heard Amy read, John is declaring to all who will listen, here, here is the Lamb of God. And he's describing how he saw the Spirit descend like a dove and rest on Jesus and describing that God even spoke to him about Jesus. And again, the next day, John declares to his own followers, look, here is the Lamb of God. John's speech, like many of my emails, is heavily punctuated by exclamation points. Can't you hear him? You'll like it. In great contrast to John, Jesus' first spoken words in this gospel are a simple question. What are you looking for? He does not presume to know what they are looking for or what they want or need or what they will like. He asks them. Richard and I led the all-parish retreat a couple of years ago. Several of you were there. And we centered all of our conversations and teachings around the question of God and. People come to church for many reasons. We can pretty safely assume they come for something to do with God anything from a newly sparked curiosity to the deepening of an already present faith. But there is always, always something else too. Community, service, intellectual and or spiritual formation, because that's what your family does on Sunday morning because you're entranced by the beauty in the sounds and the images of this place, because you love tradition, or maybe you come for God and a deep need for healing. What are you looking for? Jesus asks a deeply personal question of these first disciples. And the disciples respond in kind with a question, where are you staying? And this isn't as odd a question as it might sound to us. Staying is that same word we hear again and again and again in the Gospel of John. It is the same word as abide. Here, at the very beginning of his ministry, before Jesus comes out with all of those I am statements, he does not say at the very beginning, I am the Lamb of God. The Spirit has rested on me. God has spoken from the heavens about me. He doesn't do that. 
Instead of telling them about the fabulous roller coasters or hairsprayed rodeo queens that they will like, Jesus simply says, come and see. What are you looking for? Come and see. Maybe, just maybe, you'll find it by abiding with me. I would suggest before we start using this formula for evangelizing others, we might want to ask it of ourselves first. What are we looking for? The season of Epiphany asks that question of us. Starting with the story of the Magi, following a star and looking for a child, to our readings that tell us more and more about who Jesus is with each unfolding week. Epiphany asks us to be, as Barbara Brown Taylor has described, a detective of divinity, collecting evidence of God's genius and admiring the tracks left for me to follow. Come and see. Today's lesson is full of looking and seeing and finding and abiding. What are you looking for? It's a great question for all of us here on this cusp of a new year. A question for us to ask about our lives inside these walls and outside of them. What is Jesus inviting us to come and see? How is Jesus inviting us to abide with him? So instead of assuming that any of us are here for the same God and equation, let us be curious about each other and ask one another, what are you looking for? Instead of bearing the burden of trying to figure out how others might experience St. John's and trying to sell that, how about simply inviting folks to come and see? Who knows? They may decide to abide with us. You know, I think this is just a great idea, and it should definitely be your New Year's resolution because I know you'll love it. You'll like it so much. I'm sure of it. And this has been heavy on my mind recently. As I am engaging in our second round of catechumenate, hearing the stories of 17 newcomers who are looking. And Broderick's group in October had 18 newcomers who were looking, who have come to see, and thanks be to God, are going to abide with us. That is incredible joy. Amen. <laughs>